0: Hi there, I'm Jim.
1: And I'm Claire.
0: Let's talk teaching. Welcome to Let's Talk Teaching, a podcast from the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Technology here at Illinois State University. I'm Jim G. Joining me once again today, I'm excited, it's our director, Dr. Claire LaMonica. Hi, Claire. Hi, Jim. We are going to be talking today about our top five, actually your top five picks. Claire's.
1: Claire's Claire, top five picks.
0: For what?
1: For starting off the semester.
0: Our pokey little podcast began with a sort of trilogy of episodes, one talking about having the successful first day of class, and then a, a real belter of a two-parter on uh, constructing your uh, your syllabus. Uh, and I think they hold up pretty well. Yeah. Um, so we will link to those in t- the show notes for today's show. And a lot of the concepts that we're going to be probably touching on today, we've actually covered in more depth in some previous episodes. So
1: This is going to be kind of a quick, you know, quick and easy, down and dirty something. Five things you can do to get the semester off to a great start.
0: Exactly. Just sort of a reminder. These are probably things you've already done at one point or another, Mm -hmm. um, or you've at least thought maybe you might Mm -hmm. want to do. So let's start with number one.
1: Okay. So number one is... Polish up your syllabi. Okay. So I think the main thing to think about here is to look at your syllabi and look at them as if you were a student. Mm-hmm. What's the message that these documents are going to send to the students in your class? And, and, you know, that's not, it's not as easy as it sounds because syllabi in the academy tend to have sort of a dual role. Mm-hmm. And one of them is curricular, and the other one is pedagogical. So, um, you know, the curricular piece is, oh, we have to make sure that we have all, you know, all the t's dotted in the, you know, and we, it matches up with our curriculum maps and everything. And this is going to get our course approved.
0: I was just about to say, you've talked before about how we actually end up writing our syllabus sometimes for two different audiences. There's the audience that we want it to to end up with, being the students. But a lot of times it's first written for our peers who are going to be approving this as part of a curriculum committee or something.
1: And that doesn't necessarily work for students. So you really want to look at it. And to the extent that you are able, make sure that it's a student-friendly document. Yeah.
0: The only other thing I would add to that would be, and I don't always do this all the time, but I sometimes I will have a copy of my syllabus, or I'll take notes about how the class is going. So from oh, dusting off yeah. or polishing up, I think is the better. So way So you might to have to it. update it, probably. Yeah, and and yeah. don't you know, take use it as an opportunity to reflect on what how the last semester went. Right. And you may want to, um, uh, that may help you figure out what needs to be buffed and polished a little
1: bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's number one.
0: Number two.
1: Number two is set up and publish your ReggieNet courses.
0: Now we know that a lot of faculty members on campus do that. Yep. Uh, when they do that, though, I think is more of an open question.
1: Yes. I. You know. I. By the. Um. I'm not sure when we do our census of published courses, but I think it's probably around 10th day of class.
0: I think so too. And and
1: yeah. we know that as of 10th day of class, the vast majority of courses have been published in ReggieNet. Mm-hmm. Now. That doesn't mean that they're all that they're all published, including the same amount of material or using the same tools. And, right. and we wouldn't necessarily want to standardize that. Mm-hmm. But I would say challenge yourself each semester to learn about a new tool and then think deeply about what that tool could add to your class. Mm-hmm. How could how can this make you a more effective teacher? Right. And if it can't Ditch it, right? But you know, there's there's a lot of tools in there, and I think sometimes people aren't aware of the tools that are there. Mm-hmm. And so I'll hear people saying, "Well, I have my students do blogs, you know, mm. and they use Blogspot or what, you know, whatever right. the current sort of blogging software is." Well, you know, there's a blog tool in RegiNet, and th- while well, it doesn't make a public blog, and so if your if your goal is for students to produce a mm-hmm. public blog. Mm-hmm. Then yes, you probably need to go to Blogspot or something like that. But um, I would think carefully about that and um, you know sort of the ramifications. So they can keep a blog, or, or I usually when I use that tool, I have them set that up so that it's private, just between me and the student, and I have them use that for purposes of journaling. Mm-hmm. So you know you can I would you know we don't want anybody to just go in and try to use all the tools right you know? and very few people do and and very Our, few have, people we have we have survey
0: information that shows that that there are there's a certain core of popular tools yeah. and then, and then but there are also a couple tools like the test and quizzes tool so people may not be giving assessments like that using reggie they may be still doing right. it in, in class which is perfectly valid but that and the um and the forums tool are the ones that they say that they th- that they think they may use next semester yeah and we see yeah. that message consistently so it's yeah. the ones that they think that maybe they should be using
1: yeah yeah so and and, and yeah. now we have a new rubrics tool so right um it's not perfect mm-hmm. but it's nice and you know um well i shouldn't say that because you know what i haven't seen it yet but right, but my understand I'm just so excited that it's there mm-hmm. because I use rubrics for mm-hmm. my assessment. So um, I'm looking forward to exploring right. that tool myself. That's going to be my challenge right. to myself this semester.
0: Well, and we've talked we've talked in a previous episode with our colleague Charles about that rubrics tool. So I would yeah. think your your initial gut reaction that it's right or that it's nice, I should say yeah. is spot on. I think it, I think it has a lot of utility to it. I think one of the things that we can really, When we're talking about adopting a new tool for the semester, the other thing, though, is you don't have to go all in on the new tool. You can use the rubric for one or two or three big assignments this semester and then do your rubrics how you normally did otherwise. Get a feel for it. Your students will understand that. Uh, same thing with the tests and quizzes. You don't have to do all of your quizzes in the same place. Right. I mean, there is something to be said about consistency. Don't get me wrong. Right. But as long as you're communicating ahead of time to your students how they do what things. What to expect. What, what, what they should expect and what your expectations are, as we've often, we, we can link to that episode too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's a the thing. a long
1: list of linked episodes here. So,
0: so the one other thing I would say from from what I have seen, and of course, you know, most of what I'm gathering that's not done in the official kind of surveys we put out is is much more apocryphal. So I keep an eye on Twitter and stuff like that and other social media channels. And I was even talking to a faculty member in a workshop I was facilitating this week. She has a child attending ISU oh, and taking an online class this summer. And she kind of shook her head and she said, you know, I it's not really my place to say, but for one of my my child's classes, that ReggieNet course wasn't made available until the day the course started. Uh-huh. And I see this all the time. As well on Twitter, right around before classes start, I'm still waiting for them to publish the course. Yeah. so it, we may not realize this. To be <laughs> We've fair,
1: raise the bar on expectations. We Students we were rea- expecting to see the stuff before e- the semester starts,
0: and I don't know if we're the ones who actually did that here at no. CTLT. but no, I, I not think, us. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's
1: not our fault. We as faculty. Yeah.
0: Well, but and and also, um, I think that's just the world they live in, the digital world they live in. So I think there's actually an advantage. We've talked before about communicating with our Mm -hmm. students before Mm -hmm. the first day of class. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, But also having that ReggieNet course site available, even if everything's not on there, just explain to them that it's still, I'll be adding the syllabus later this week or, you know, whatever it is. I think having that presence online actually is reassuring to a student as they're kind of working through getting into that mental space to to start yeah, the semester, I just
1: like to know that there's something there that you know yeah. you're going to use Reggie and I never I never publish my complete courses. I mean, I always you know my modules I release. One at a time. Right. So when you publish, so, they don't you know, see lessons, everything to they don't begin see with. Everything, everything. that's yeah. there, and, and it's not always there, of course. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, true confessions. True. But, well, and, yeah. and
0: so we're giving all of this advice in the in the recognition that also the people who are listening to this are very busy people. Right.
1: So we should move on. We should, yeah, let's do that. Okay. <laughs> that's what we, so we should move on to number three. All right. So uh, number three is plan your first day of class. Yeah. And remember. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it again, even though I've said it in many times in other podcasts, there is no such thing as syllabus day. So I want to talk a little bit about norms, okay? So because mm-hmm. I've just been doing some reading, and I've been reading a book about classroom discussion, and it was written by a sociologist, which is really interesting because um, he, of course, experiences his, his teaching through a, a sociological lens, right? Mm-hmm. And so he talks a good deal about one of the things that makes it difficult to, gar- to get authentic discussions or conversations going in classrooms is that we have these established norms. Um, there are there are things that students and faculty expect that a college classroom will look like, and mm-hmm. generally, the sort of most normal norm, you know, right. the, the most widespread norm, is the professor's going to talk and the students are going to pretend to pay attention. And so, and, and, you know, and he, and he talks, he doesn't call it pretending to pay attention, but he talks about the notion of civil attention, which is students put aside their distractions. Mm -hmm. They make fleeting, but frequent eye contact with the instructor. They nod, Mm -hmm. they keep something in front of them that appears as if they're taking notes and, and maybe they are. right, But, um, that's what that's what they feel is expected of them. Mm-hmm. And so the professor may have different expectations of them. Right. So, um, I would say that if you are expecting that your class will be anything besides that, if there are if you are going to disrupt those norms in any way, if you are planning to have student discussions on a regular basis, if you are planning to have, students conducting experiments on a regular basis whatever um disrupt that norm the first day because because the thing you do and this is this is the sociologist talking not just claire but um the thing that you do on the first day will either reinforce or disrupt the norm and that's what they're going to expect for the rest of the semester so you just make it harder on yourself if you go in the first day and read them the syllabus, and then come back the second day and say, "We're going to have a group discussion! Yay!" So, so if I because under- <laughs> they won't believe you, <laughs> right? So if I un-
0: so let me just make sure I understand what you're saying. If our if our goal our goal should be to defy expectations that first day with these students to an extent, yeah, because if we wait until the, in other words, the old shampoo commercial is true in this case, you never have a second chance to make a first right. impression, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. If You don't defy those expectations and model the behavior right away of what you want the learning to be, it's going to be harder to do to to defy them on on yourself. It doesn't
1: mean you can never establish a different norm, but it means that it's going to take longer and it's going to be harder. So, if you come in the first day and get them doing the kind of thing, you know, my, my old saying has always been, you know, start as you intend to continue. Yeah, so whatever you. Whatever expectations you have for them in a general way, you should be setting up on the first day.
0: You know, I was, I was thinking about something along these lines last night, which is we've talked before about some people get really nervous when uh, the teacher, yeah. Oh, yeah. the instructor, some people get really nervous, some people are not. And and we also talk about, you know, both of us got into teaching originally because we kind of like to be the one in front of the room, right? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> there, I know, but there's this idea that we're trying to r- read the room. We want to we want to walk out of that first class bouncing, right? right? And I think one way to one way to get a good read on those students and see what unique individuals they are, and to not come away feeling like oh I, they, they were just a bunch of mannequins mm-hmm. sitting there. Mm-hmm. Is to do something like you're talking about, and to right. defy the expectation of, like you said, you're up there sonorously reading your syllabus, and they are pretending to pay attention. Right, uh,
1: and, it, and it doesn't mean yeah. there's no way to go. You know, you could you could build some student discussions, conversations yeah. around yeah. the syllabus. Yeah, that you know, there are people who I, do that yeah. very successfully. So, you know, I'm not saying that you have to abandon syllab you going over your syllabus, even though I may have said that in the past, but. But I you know I, I think I, I have a recording of it actually. <laughs> it's yeah. It's probably on it's probably recorded somewhere. It's in sound bites. Yeah. But um yeah. but you, I think you do want to think carefully about the norms that you're establishing yeah. on your first day. And
0: course. I also think that it would be great if you could do something that is that is germane to the course, to the content oh, absolutely. of the course. Yeah. Um because I also know, you know, if when when I've taught a one night a week class and it's been later in the week, <laughs> and people, the, the students can smell when the icebreakers are coming, and they're like, oh, "We've done uh, this four icebreaker. times, so yeah. you know, four times already this this week."
1: I have introduced the person next to me four times this week, right? Yeah. But so, so not you, that that's a bad thing, but no. well, I mean, it's not it's not bad the first time it happens, but they may right. you, they may well, look into yeah, so, something different so by Thursday.
0: Mix it up a little bit, I guess, would be the yeah. corollary to this. It it will probably do you some good too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So anyway, that was number three. Yeah, so number four. So number four is visit your classrooms. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, find out what classrooms you've been assigned to. You may be familiar with them, and that's fine. Um, I will tell you that some classrooms have been magically updated over the summer. This is true. Um, It's very exciting, um, and I wish I knew the names and the the numbers and the building names of those classrooms, but Mm -hmm. I don't. But, you know, it doesn't hurt to just visit your classroom. Make sure that things are in working order. Make sure that there aren't broken chairs still, you know, sort of sitting there waiting for a student, you know, Mm -hmm. just kind of take the temperature of the room. Is it a good fit for how you're going to teach? You know, a couple of years ago when I was teaching a freshman class that had, I think, 25 students in it, 27, something like that. um, I went to visit the classroom and it was just ginormous classroom with, with chairs for like 50 or 60 students. And I was like, okay. So I was really glad I knew that in advance because I got there early the first day Mm -hmm. and physically roped off some of those chairs and made them unavailable to the students. I was like, except for the one who tried to climb over my rope. but. I just you know I told him not get out of there. Get out of there. yeah, yeah. nice try. yeah um, So anyway, you know make sure that the classroom's a good fit for what you' what you're planning to do. Um, I would also suggest um, and and I, this is a suggestion that makes me kind of sad, but um, I think nowadays it probably behooves us to take a look at the emergency plan that's posted in the classroom door mm-hmm. and to know to know where the exits are. To know um, where you're supposed to go in case of a tornado, mm-hmm. what, you know, what does your classroom have multiple exits? Is your does your classroom have glass in the doors? Does your classroom lock? Do the doors lock? You know, what if there is an active shooter situation? You know, what what's your plan for right. your students in right. that classroom? Uh, and it, you know, it,
0: it, it brings the mood down.
1: It uh, well, but
0: but it's nece- but it's it's necessary, and it doesn't have to be overly dramatic. No, when you and talk it's about information
1: it. that you want to have, and yeah. w- the point at which you share that with the students, yeah. you know, that doesn't have to happen the first day. No, I typically I, mean, I typically don't do it the first yeah. day. I, I mean, it it, kind of well, daunting.
0: well, I do it the first week. So if I'm teaching a a, a three hour class on one night for the week, I might actually do it that first day, and I will literally start by saying, "All right, I'm going to bring the mood down a little bit." Yeah. Um, and, you know, last when I started teaching in a classroom that had these big, beautiful glass doors and all that other stuff, you know, on a second floor and no back exit, I said, well, we have some decisions to make uh, <laughs> yeah. and whatnot. In the classroom yeah. I'm going to be teaching in uh, for fall, the fall of 2019, uh, we have windows. We're on the first floor. We have windows. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, so it actually, and I have to have think about, about how my, you know, <laughs> and, and the doors now lock um, right. over there in the, in right. Phil Hall. So,
1: so it, it's not, yeah. you know, I, I think in a way, I mean, it may sort of bring the mood down, but I, I think also it sends a message to students that you are considering their safety. Yes, And yeah. so, and I think they appreciate that mm-hmm. because they, these students um, have all spent the majority of their school years in a world where. School shootings happen. I was
0: going to say, that kind of thing yeah. happens, yeah.
1: So um, they, you know, they, I think, will be reassured to know that you've considered it and mm-hmm. and that you have a plan. Right. So that's, um, and you're willing to share that with them.
0: So yes. one, o- the only other thing I would add, and I don't think this is going to raise the mood a little bit, but one thing I found it very helpful to do is to go to the classroom and log into the instructor's computer.
1: Oh, good thought.
0: Because... Um, especially they're all when we have windows. Com- well, actually I shouldn't say that there are some classrooms that have Macs as well, but certainly on the windows PCs nowadays, it, when you first log in after a while, after there's been a significant update, it kind of does this yeah. thing yeah. where it starts talking. You kind
1: updating your personal desktop. You may want to take a few minutes. Yeah. You may yeah. want
0: to go get a cup of coffee <laughs> and that way you're not standing there trying to, you know, wasting class time. Right feeling like you're dying up there waiting for the the technology to catch up. So I tend to do that. Um, And you may want to also take a look at, you know, don't forget, if you're using classroom clickers, you have to request every semester to make sure that the clicker's software and hardware is properly installed in that classroom. So you can go to our website, ctlt.illinoisstate.edu, and we will have a link on our technology support page for clickers that will send you to the other website on campus, and it'll be kind of a seamless experience to get there, yeah. uh, to where you can fill out that request. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: and and you know, if you have, um, if you're teaching in a large classroom and there's a sound system, I would I would test that out. Oh yeah, um, yeah. because you want to make sure that it's it's working and and you know how to get the most out of it.
0: And so. you know what, if you're teaching in a classroom, whether it's large or small, but it has a sound system and there's a microphone for the instructor, I would yeah. encourage you to use actually it. use it. I um, people do not have students do not have to have. Uh, an accommodation card in order to get something out of having you mic'd up i mean we and we've talked about this before we've started to to really uh for our annual teaching and learning symposium encourage presenters to use a microphone no matter what because yeah. it you just know,
1: makes it easier for people especially, and it's especially after i hit 45
0: well, it was really
1: well, yeah i was just going to say as yeah. somebody whose ears are aging right. um i have on occasion had to kind of out myself as a Um, emerging senior citizen and by raising my hand and saying could you use the microphone you know even though people are like i'm just going to use my teacher voice so you know that's up to you it's up to this uh, the you know you want to think about the size of the classroom but also think about you know that that may be something that your students will something else your students will appreciate they will appreciate Yeah, Yeah. you're
0: not showing off when you do that no i think you're being respectful of your students i
1: think so too and you can explain why you're doing it yeah you know
0: Number five.
1: Number five. Take
0: take us home, Claire.
1: Yeah, we're going to, we're going to, and this really is, you know, take it home. I strongly suggest that between now and the first day of class, you take a day and you just make it, I call it a me day. Mm -hmm. You take a me day and whatever that means to you, but put work out of your mind, go get a massage, go for a hike in a park. Um, whatever it is that will relax you and improve your internal mindset, you know, mm-hmm. your, your mindset, just make you, send you into the semester feeling good. Yeah. And, and feeling rested. And so, um, because it's, you know, it's going to be, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. The semester is going to be 15 weeks long. Yeah. And at the end of it, there will be a final evaluation period, yeah, right? <laughs> so, um, and, and
0: then you know what happens after that? Another semester. That's right. And then because we're really talking semester. about the beginning of the academic year right. now. So yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah. you know, so there's a there's a whole a whole yeah. year ahead of you. And and I yeah. would say go into it feeling kind of refreshed right. and and strong right. and comfortable and yeah. um, do some yoga um you know whatever it is do you really do are, um
0: i don't do yoga do people you do people do do
1: people do om sometimes they you know we um well we, we don't have I to go there,
0: I but. saw I saw a great uh facebook image uh, a cartoon on facebook somebody sitting in a field in a lotus position going um, and one cow turns to the other and says dude that's backwards
1: <laughs> That's awesome i love that yeah well yeah so i think whatever it is i mean yoga may not be your thing you know taking a hike in a park is not my thing but you know Mm -hmm. i I, it's Mm -hmm. it's a lot of people's thing and so figure out what your thing is and just spend a day doing it
0: claire that sounds great thank you so much thank you Find out more about our podcast. Go to our website, ctlt.illinoisstate.edu. You'll not only find a link to the podcast on our homepage, you'll also find a link to ReggieNet support so you can check out some of those tools that you may want to use and all sorts of other things that we do. For Dr. Claire LaMonica and for all my colleagues here at the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Technology, until we talk again, happy teaching.